Welcome to Cauldron of Worlds. Episode 23, Role-Playing Games. Well, hello and welcome to Cauldron of Worlds. I'm Chad Corey, and this is the penultimate episode before we get to the Q&A session next episode, the last episode of the year and of this season. So I do appreciate you guys checking it out and taking advantage of the uh, podcast in general. I do hope that this has been a benefit to you, and we continue to do the world-building concept here from the macro to the micro approach. And of late, the last couple episodes, we've been focusing on various formats in which you can make your world settings for. And I'll just preface this again like I did a few episodes back. I'm not talking specifically about fantasy-based world settings. We can certainly have sci-fi. You can certainly have urban fantasy, you know, romance, whatever you want to do for your world setting, westerns. That's for you. This is just basically going to be a guide that gives you some information and insight. Hopefully, like I said, thickens the air and gives you some ideas and ways to move forward on your world setting benefiting from some insight and things that I did wrong in the past that will save you time and effort and, and talent as well. So let's dig into this episode in particular. Obviously, we're talking about role-playing games. Previously, we mentioned the difference between designing worlds for comics versus prose novels. Then last episode, we talked about audiobook considerations or just audio-first options and things like that, which is a new growing phenomena for just genre fiction in general. Now I'm going to talk about role-playing games, and some people might think, well, that's more fantasy-based. Yes and no. Uh, again, you can incorporate whatever you want into the game. You can do. There's horror games out there. There's science fiction games. There's fantasy games, obviously, and different flavors of that. There's Western games. I mean, there's all sorts of games that these world settings are incorporated and based off of. And generally, they kind of follow the same patterns and, and concepts, which I'll talk about now in this particular episode. Obviously, the previous way we've been building the world up until now will work very well for what you want to do and incorporate for the role-playing game format. The role-playing game format will probably make use of most of that material, more so than it would any other format, because it uses that as information for players. Now, for those who aren't interested, or excuse me, for those who are not familiar with role-playing games, let me break it down real quick to you. Generally speaking, what you have is people getting together around a table usually, or now it's even digital now, but they are playing a character, basically a person in this world. You are working together to create a story, and you're basically, it's kind of a collaborative storytelling type of endeavor, at least for the traditional role-playing tabletop type of games. Now, there's different ways to incorporate that. There's other spin-offs like card games and things like that, or even traditional board games and, and things like that. But I'm going to be focusing primarily right now on the uh, tabletop things, and that's what most people are probably going to be gearing themselves to, although you can certainly use this for card games and, and other, other things like that. With the tabletop, based on the concept, like we said, of it being you, you're playing a character in this story that you're developing together, you're going to have to have a lot more background and information because you're basically making the story. You're, you're part of the story. So you're going to have to have the background in all the races and the background in all the history and the background in all the 
the na- national things and the, the, all the stuff that we've been incorporating and building up to this point, you're going to have to know because you're going to have to be the person who references it, interacts with it, and somehow you know even tries to change it, alter it, destroy it, what have you, in the particular story that you're creating together. So it's kind of a fun concept. I you know I think it's an interesting idea. People can get into if they like and and spend some time developing stories and stuff together. You know, it could be a fun learning experience for for writers and how to how to do things, even if they want to run the story themselves. But basically, like I said, this is the best way what we've been talking about up till now will be used for this world setting. I mean, everything we've written out will get developed. So it's very important that you have it all figured out and incorporated into your uh, your notes and things, your background information, all that stuff incorporated so it's ready to be kind of a, a cut and paste into the process of the um, the formatting of the book. Now, how you go about making this role-playing game, it, that's going to be up to you. I'm not going to get into the super specifics on that because there are a lot of different systems out there, a lot of different things that might have even developed since I recorded this, and so it's not going to be you know which system is better and what to do overall. But there are two different approaches to to this area of development. One is to use something that's already determined and developed. Let's just say, like for instance, Dungeons and Dragons. They have a pre-established world, and everything is kind of done as far as the mechanics and things of it go. And so it'd be pretty easy just to cut and paste your story and setting and things right over the mechanics, and you can begin to play right away. The other side of the coin, of course, is making your own system itself, which some people have done rather successfully, some not so well. I'm actually in the process of looking at that myself uh, for possible other things in the future. I won't get into it this time, but that's another option. The benefit to that is that you are in control of the mechanics, and you can maybe, if that is your preference, have the story be paramount and the game is secondary to the story, whereas sometimes when you have a role-playing game and role-playing game system, you're trying to put things into, the game becomes predominant and alters aspects of your story. What do I mean by that? There are certain rules, let's say, how to, how magic is done, certain rules, how things interact as far as elements and uh, characters and things of that nature, which on some levels are kind of safe and benign and you know don't really do anything. But there are other elements that kind of define whole aspects of how you know combat is done or how magic is done or how priests and spells and things like that are, are incorporated, how you have magical or mystical effects or supernatural things or just physical aspects of physics and stuff like that, which you might not always be in total agreement with. And so you'll have to find ways to either alter or change the rules if you can, or maybe alter or change how you describe things in your world, which you might not want to do if you want to keep the story more paramount. So those are things you want to take into consideration. Now, if you are making something specifically for the role-playing game itself, then yes, you're probably going to want to incorporate those rules and concepts and things into the design element from the very beginning. And so, if you, you know, like I said, if you're doing something like, if, let's say you have a world setting that is more of a prose or a comic-based type of situation, and you're trying to translate it into a role-playing game, there might be some give and take in there, or you might, in the very least, take into consideration elements that you want to consider 
having some wiggle room, shall we say, when you do the initial design. But if you're doing it specifically for just a role-playing game experience, then yeah, definitely look at incorporating the rules or having a nod to the rules and the mechanics of the, the game system in how you design it. And that'll probably give you, in many cases, a kind of a thumbnail approach to how you do things in general. For instance, if you know you have to check off so many boxes on a racial entry, how things are, what they look like, and all the various elements there, then you're going to make sure when you do your development for that world, that race, whatever, you have all the boxes checked and everything fits into it so you can easily cut and paste, like I said, into that that world setting. You put that veneer over the mechanics. So that is something to take into consideration, like I said, when you build it. There's no wrong or right way when you do this, like a lot of the things I've been talking about. It's just a matter of personal preference and what works. There are obviously benefits and side effects, side effects, side journeys you can go on and also some negative things that come out of this as well. But generally, if you are approaching it from a specific viewpoint of this is only going to be a role-playing game, then yeah, you're totally free to do mashing it up as, as much as you can to make it work for you. And I would consider, the, like I said, I would caution, I should say, that if you are looking at doing a multi-pronged approach to your world setting, whether it's you know pros and comics and role-playing games, or maybe just role-playing games and books, which sometimes those kind of go hand-in-hand as well, you might want to take into consideration, again, having a little bit more of a literary direction for the story and allowing that wiggle room to, to do and tell stories in a way that's more prose-friendly and not strictly just like you know, you're reading a, an adventure game, basically. And this would be the same for doing like a, a, a role-playing game if it's for a video game or, or things of that nature. You either have to work within the mechanics of the system or you can have the freedom and the flexibility to develop your own mechanics and, and go out there and, and do things for that world setting. So again, I'm not gonna, I can't really get into super specifics, unfortunately, because again, every role-playing game system is different. And I said there are different things probably in the future after I've recorded this that will come out and they'll change the, the, the dynamic a little bit as well. So I can't really get super specifics, but a good example would be uh, a classic thing would be you know, Dungeon Dragons. I keep bringing that up because that's what a lot of people go back to. That's what a lot of writers actually get inspired to write from in the beginning anyway. But for instance, they have different racial uh, information that each race has, different biographical and even powers and things and alterations to the cosmetic and physical nature of the, the race itself. And some of those things are kind of hardwired into the game and they can be hard, not impossible, but they can be kind of hard sometimes to kind of tweak and pull out or, or change around in a way that's satisfactory to, to your own specific needs, but also keeps everything consistent and balanced within the game. And so it's important when you look at that kind of stuff to consider okay, how your approach, like I said earlier, what is the direction you want to go? But for instance, what they provide you for basic information is obviously the physical nature of things, but they give you powers and things like night vision or whatever the case might be for the different races, immunity to certain uh, magical effects, the ability to do certain magical effects, and certain other benefits and, and traits that you might want to take into consideration uh, when you design worlds. For instance, when you, you need those because you're playing the game, but the stuff I'm looking at for my own particular use is you have to develop elements of those characters uh, into that world setting, that mechanic for that role-playing game. So that's a little bit more of a different challenge on, on my standpoint because I'm having to take stuff in the story, how they are stylistically, if you will, and uh, culturally and all that kind of stuff, and incorporate and figure out various 
mechanics that could be pulled from that that would be of a benefit to the uh, the game without making it feel everything is cookie cutter and everything is the same because that's not necessarily how I want to do this for this uh, this world and this role playing game in particular. So that's again, it's kind of a strange presentation here maybe for some people, but I think at least it gives you an overview, at least maybe has you think about some things you might not have been thinking about before. You always have to be thinking long-term when you make your world setting, even if it's just for a book, a standalone book, because you don't necessarily know all the ins and outs that are going to be going on with the world, and you want to have that luxury of uh, some wiggle room, like we said, for, for future development. And so having an open space even allowing you, you know, what's going to happen in the future, even allowing some room in the, the historical timeline to do some things and stuff, but also not boxing yourself into, like we said, parameters with rules and, and mechanics and things that might not necessarily work well for your story or maybe will hem you in and tie you into the uh, mechanic and, and game system that you might not always want to be a part of. So, again, think about it. If it's something that you want to go specifically for that market, go for it. Obviously, it's going to work well for you if you write it more geared that way. But if you want to have a more broader-based approach to it, think about those things, like I said, about how that can alter what you create, what you do, and maybe having the necessarily doing some more background notes and things like that for your benefit to kind of tweak some things and stuff in the storyline and even and maybe even the rule mechanics and stuff like that for the future. The one thing I will also say, which is um, kind of an unfortunate thing, but it is a reality nevertheless, is that you have the very real possibility that when you tie things into a role-playing game system, unless it's something that you create, and even then it's you know open to this as well, there's usually new versions or new updates that come along every so often. I think Dungeon Dragons has the track record about every five to seven years they incorporate a new update. I think that's kind of the same for other systems out there too. Usually between five to ten years they, they update the system. What that update entails could be a complete total revision of the mechanics and make a totally different game or just a slight tinkering around the edges for you know some various things needed to be done in, in their eyes. So that also is something you want to take into consideration. It's not necessarily set in stone just because you tied into a, a particular version or edition of a game system doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be there forever. Technically, you don't own it, so you don't really have the luxury of having the stability to maintain that for any definite period of time. The other drawback with that is that if they should change the mechanics of the game, and people move on to a new system, they are not going to be promoting the old system. So then you're going to have to figure out, okay, do I want to move along with the new system and totally redo everything again and move forward in that direction and possibly alienate the people that are playing the game now, uh, fracturing that market, or do I want to keep doing what I'm doing now and risk the chance of being kind of irrelevant uh, <laughs> over a period of time or becoming a niche market because there's not a lot of support outside of what I'm doing for that system. So again, it's not, not not you know bleak total destruction kind of thing in the mindset here, but those are things that you'll have to take into consideration. Recognize that there are cycles in this process and be aware of that when you incorporate things. And if you're smart, what you can do is have maybe a storyline that brings you up to a certain point. Maybe it's a just happens to coincide with a five to seven year storyline or, or ten year storyline that just just when they begin the new edition coming out, you can have an epic adventure or something that kind of destroys the world or brings a great change to the world. 
And that way it establishes and sets people up to get ready for the new rules. And you can walk your world into that new new era, whatever it may be. And you can kind of keep that going for every you know, every cycle they go through. And that's a, that's a way to do it. And that's something you can easily do. It still progresses the story. It still tells your tale. But it also keeps things moving in the, the forward uh, structure there with the mechanics and things that might be more conducive to what you're looking to do. Uh, as far as being relevant and keeping the story tied into that particular system. Now, obviously, if you're doing this on your own and you don't really see a need to upgrade your stuff right away, you don't have to. That's totally up to you. I'm just saying if you're doing the main market stuff, that's kind of the process they go through. Again, I'm just saying Dungeon Dragons in particular, but every system that I'm aware of has has had at least some type of alteration at some point in time uh, for it. These are the, I'm talking about the popular systems that are out there. There are others, of course, that are out there on the fringes that don't necessarily change, but the majority of ones that you want to tie into or, or take advantage of will will usually have a cycle of updates and things that go on in the future. So I think that is where we'll wrap it up for this particular episode. Thank you so much for your time and uh, listening to this whole series in general. I do appreciate that. I want to plug again one more time here for the uh, little, uh, not little, but the upcoming episode for Q&A next week, uh, next month, excuse me already thinking ahead here um you can send me your information at cauldron that's c-a-u-l-d-r-o-n at chadcorey.com that's c-h-a-d-c-o-r-r-i-e dot com and i'm looking forward to just you have questions just about anything in general but relating to world building or just comments on things previously mentioned in the uh, episodes or things you might want some more information about overall or maybe you have some things you want to share, like I think I wish you do do this more, or say this more, or don't do this much, or you know, just things that like that would be helpful as well. And if you if you want to just pass on some basic information about uh, where you're getting this podcast, how you found it, uh, what you might have been, what you might enjoy about it, that'd be helpful to know for me for future planning of future episodes and things, and where this series goes in uh, future seasons. So that is that. Again, thank you for your time and information. Hopefully you're having a great um, holiday season now as you move into it. And I look forward to talking with you in the very near future. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey. All rights reserved.